From day one, I had to get my money right. Me flying Frankie J, we took an airplane flight, huh? They wanted to hear rap. I said, I bet. We dropped a beat, I grabbed a mic, and then they wrote a check. A few G's for the pocket, no hesitation. Took a flight back to the Golden State, and shops made orders from a whole new capital. The word was getting out, okay's out rappable. Don't need a clock, but I bought one just in case. I could try to stop me from pursuing my paper chase. So the chase is on, because it don't stop. I got the beat, I got the rap. You make the You are now tuned in to VAR Sports Media, the wrestling podcast for people who go outside. Truth Tellers Incorporated, we are here. It's me. It's the true God going down. A weekend wrestling that didn't see a ton of news breaking, uh, but very quiet. So, a very little quiet. bit of movement. Um, the obviously it's probably the primary ongoing, the two primary ongoing follow ups from last week. Um, Mercedes Monet still one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and. Someone earlier on this week, it didn't really gain any traction, but I just want to make sure that anybody listening to this has this straightened out for them. Someone tried to claim that Kylie Ray was on a podcast, um, you know, saying whatever, saying this rumor is not true and that rumor is not true. They were using sound clips from a three-year-old podcast that was put out right when she got her release um, and trying to pass it off as now. And, and it's, you know. Uh, very so don't buy that. So so don't buy that shit. Don't buy that shit. That's not the case. She still hasn't said anything else other than what happened with the like tweets. Neither has the other party. Like I said, it's almost like they have some sort of an agreement to not disclose (laughs) things. An agreement to not Mm, disclose. Um. So that is still where that stands. Um. Surprising number the other night, AEW back down to the 700s. Uh, I don't know. You know, we do this. We do this on the sports show, we, and we do this here. It's kind of – it's it's what's the number? How many weeks? How many weeks are we, are we in the sevens before some people Man. start accepting maybe there's some things that could be done better and some self-reflection happens? Um, a shame because I, I feel like the last two shows have been pretty damn good. Um, the homecoming show was fun. It was a little bit different, but I like, you know, a little bit different format, a little bit different, uh, approach. Um, I approach, uh, appreciate all the, all the Brody Lee love. Um, I'm, 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 uh, disappointed. We never got to really discuss that run on this show. Um, I will say that was the guy. I just remember when he was in WWE, uh, everybody, that I know that had good taste was like, man, this dude just, he just fucking cooks every time Luke he's Harper. in the fucking, every time he's in the fucking ring. Like when he was Luke Harper. Yeah. That guy, man, Luke Harper's fucking cooks every fucking time. Like that dude is so good. And he is so underutilized and like, Oh, I hope someday. And then he got that ball and got to run it with it in AW, And he was fucking awesome during that run. He was a future AEW world champion. I fully it, believe that. It hurts that it was so much it was during COVID. And obviously it hurts the way, you know, things had to end. Um, but yeah, man, phenomenal big man. 
you know, wish we could have we could have done more talk because we we would have been, you know, if that had been one of our guys here on this podcast, I'm absolutely positive. Um, so I appreciated uh all the homages to him on that show. Uh it's tough. The numbers are tough. And it, it, it's also tough because I kind of like a lot of the stuff. I like the way Joe's running with this. Um, they won me over a little bit more with this Joe Hangman Swerve thing uh, the other night. Great promo. I'm a, I'm a little concerned with this hook situation. Uh, I, I'll have to wait to see how it plays out to really cast judgment. But if you're going to do the undefeated streak thing, like – really do it you know like the goal like Goldberg it was kind of like he was over he was he was overdue by the time they got there um to where it was Whoa. like holy shit this is happening um if that's not what you're really doing with hook then then like cool fair enough you're not doing like this undefeated monster streak and you just oh, plan lost on a couple times already right? you, you just yeah. plan on it well I I think they were touting him as 28 and one I think he lost like twice. I thought he lost twice to Jack Perry, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he lost once, and then, um, then he lost again, and then he won it back. I can't remember. Um, either way, you're that's a weird like your only loss is a fucking Jack Perry. Like that's, I mean, come on, man, that's just bullshit. <laughs> like I just that's, don't, uh, I don't, you know, yeah, we've seen like we've that. seen many uh, notable losses happen because of Jack Perry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where's that Thoughts guy? Where's that guy? Gosh, yeah, five five months, five months. Keep him there. Yeah, well, I mean, I okay. Um, thoughts on the show the other night. Uh, what do you think of this hook thing, man? Ah, well, I thought the show was okay. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of it. Um, it's it's sometimes hard for me to watch AEW with a uh, calm mind. <laughs> because of certain certain aspects of things personally so but i thought uh i thought hangman and claudio was great um I thought it was a great opening match i was surprised they didn't close i thought it would have closed but then i realized when it didn't close that the sting match is going to close and then i knew what we were in for at the end of the i knew it i was like i knew we were at what was going to happen homecoming show daily's place I was like, damn it, Sting and Darby is going to be them in the, like, I kind of knew it, but, and I'd heard that that was, like, kind of the plan. Well, that's something we could dig into, because that 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 did was a little bit of a storyline, it was a little bit of discourse um, this week. So the word is, we'll just dead it right here, the word is, is that that was kind of Sting's input, that, that he was. wanted to, to, to work yep. with the Bucks, and, uh, you know, I don't know how much, how often personally I feel as if they put this to good use, but they are the most capable, maybe other than, than like FTR of getting in there, making a plan and making the match entertaining and making Sting look like a million fucking dollars for his last match. Hopefully it happens, but there was Sting's choice and I get the reasoning behind it. So everybody, so the discourse out there was, Interesting. So here, so here's my thing. I believe if there are certain people in the company right now that are no longer in the company, but if they were still in the company, I think they would be involved in this in in the match and not the Young Bucks. Um, the Young Bucks, yeah, I think yeah, part yeah. of part of the plan for a while, but 
<laughs> there was one guy who called himself a real world champ. And we only saw Sting mix it up with him just as a partner, never on the other side. So Ooh, I think def- defending the real world's championship against Sting in Greensboro Coliseum, that would have been fucking sick. There's there's something, and I know Sting didn't want to do a singles match, so there's other ways around it. They could have done other things too. But um, I think there was something there. I think um, you know, it's unfortunate, but I mean, if Kenny Omega was available, I think Kenny Omega yeah. would have yeah, something he would have been the too. guy, yep. You know, um, so I think it's just a lot of, you know, injuries and firings and all this crap. Um, the Bucks are not a bad choice. I mean, they're, they're you know, great at what they do. They're going to they're going to obviously bump for staying. They're going to take a bunch of crazy, do some crazy spots. And, you know, uh, I assume because this is last match, I assume. I assume Sting wins this match. Sting and Darby win that match. The reason why I say that is. The Young Bucks d- gain nothing from going over on Sting in his final match. Unless, of course, you're AEW and just want to keep touting, no, the Bucks are the greatest team ever. So, look, they well, retired Sting. And Which, generally, generally, the the tradition is you lose your last match. Uh-huh. Uh, so, I could see it both ways. Uh-huh. I could see it both ways. But then yeah. AEW kind of kind of often prides itself on bucking tradition. <laughs> Pun. Um, so... Maybe not. Maybe maybe the maybe the the thought will be well the Bucks are going to be here, and Sting's not. So, yeah, don't know. I don't. I don't. I feel like that does nothing for them. So I, I can see it going either for, way. I, I can see it going either way. It does nothing for either for anybody really. So I think that's the, that's the issue with the match for me. Is a lot of times you want to see the person retiring, you know, pass a torch, so to speak. Yeah. And I don't feel like there's a torch to pass in this. It's just kind of like, hey, Sting's retiring. He wants to have a a, a great match. <clears throat> and who better to do it than, I guess, you know, the, the good old Christian boys that, you know, they have a very similar view of life. Oh, yeah. I, they got that super Christian thing going between all of them. Yeah. So I think I think that is another thing, too. Um, and I mean, like I said, Sting, I, I do know well, on a personal standpoint, uh, just from talking to people in AEW, that Sting does love the Bucks. He loves uh, Kenny Omega. He also loves CM Punk. He loves FTR. He loves all those guys. So I think people want the FTR, but we've already saw that tag match, which is really good, actually, uh, when they did that tag match. But um, we've never seen a Young Bucks, Sting, and Darby tag team match. So I think it works. And anytime Darby can go in there and mix it up with the Jacksons, it's, it's cool. I just, I, to me, it doesn't move me. You know, like it doesn't move me like where I'm like, yeah, I'm excited. I want to. That's not a match where I'm like, I want to be there to see yeah. it. It's just, it's like, oh, it's cool. You know, if I, if I had to pay per view, I'd watch it. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where it is for me. So, um, I don't know. I think, like I said, with the direction that AEW's been taking, <laughs> um, I think a lot of people are looking at it like the, the Sting match is going to probably headline and, and, and main event revolution. Um, I think. I almost think that that's that's not the right way to go with because of this match. I just don't think Sting, Darby, and the Bucks. I just don't think that's a the match that should headline the pay per view over a triple threat match with your hottest act, your world champ, and uh, the, one the of Cowboy. the 
the pillars of the company. I mean, I mean, yeah, you could. I, I get it. I get it. <clears throat> feelings, yeah, feelings yeah. about that guy, but he is what he is, and yeah. um, especially depending on uh the results of that match. Mm. Well, well, I'm I'm saying if you know if if we make Swerve, it's kind of tough to not do it in the main event. Has to be the main event. I think. Yeah, I think the way you do it, and um, you know, someone someone talked to me and he said, "How would you feel about Sting's retirement match starting the pay per view?" I was literally just about to say I would open with it, and I, and I was like, that'd be perfect. I think in the sense of like. He, you know, he, he, he. This is it for him. You start off with that moment, give him 10, 15 minutes, or you know, the talk and cut a promo after, and he moves I mean, on. You know, and then... the, that that way, what you do is you give that segment and you give that ovation. And you give all, you give everything. You give it as much time as it fucking needs. Sting, Bucks, go out there and fucking party. We'll figure it out after you're done. You know what I'm saying? Like you could do it like yep. that. You ain't gonna worry about getting off air. You ain't gonna worry about. You know, you're not going to blow up the crowd from everything else. You're going to have the full energy of the crowd. Go out there and fucking kill it. Give him as much time as he needs. Give the crowd as much time as they need. Really make a thing of it. And then figure out the timing of the rest of the show on top of that. And then I think what people don't realize is that for the triple threat, that's obviously going to happen now. Because there's no way Hook wins the, the championship that quickly. So... I think Joe was never intended to be a long-term champion. But, you know, there's a lot there with Swerve. And I think the problem is that with Swerve, Swerve is so popular now when he comes out, it's getting hard to keep him as a heel because even when you try, you got Nana coming out there and he's doing the top rope, catch a vibe, and, like, He's doing his thing, and people are, and you, you see all the very, 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 very rhythm deficient people in the crowd going along, trying to go along with it. And you have Swerve just himself coming out. People are cheering for him. And it's like, the, the terrible number. So I think for Swerve, the best indictment on Swerve is that the highest rated segment on Dynamite was that I just promo. Wanna, I, just, I just want to point out real quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because that was definitely. This is a huge example of like what they should go with, you know. TBS, TNT, they they put out this thing today, <laughs> touting that WWE or not WWE, maybe soon AEW programming, uh, was up three percent as far as viewers, uh, and all of you know all the little uh, double O's in in the comments where oh see people say they're doing shitty numbers. <laughs> They said programming was up 3%. Motherfucker, there's a third show now. Ding, ding, ding. So you added a whole nother show. And it's only up 3%. <laughs> it's not what, you, not what you think it is. But speaking of numbers being up, that Swerve, Hook, Samoa Joe, Hangman segment fucking killed it. That number... Uh, that came out the other day for the show would have been way fucking worse without them. Way worse. Didn't it get into the 900s when they were out there? Like 920, 920, 930, something like that. Yeah. You know, where we should be wanting to be. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah. Fuck yeah. So they fucking smashed it. This main event program was looking fucking great. Um, yeah, love it. I'm going to say something about AEW real quick. And I said this to people who work in AEW when they were at, talking about their company. And I said, hey, you guys felt like you were super white hot in 2021 when you get when you resumed touring. Everybody was super white hot when they resumed touring. That's how WWE started to get hot again, right? And the Roman thing and the tribal chief and, you know, you had Hangman and, and, and the elite. But also you had a bunch of people clamoring to watch wrestling with the crowd, right? Uh, a bunch of people wanting to be in an arena and cheer for their favorite wrestlers. So AEW was doing like 900000 a million, but they also had one show then. Dynamite was the only show they had up until they had Rampage. And then Rampage, you know, Rampage was, was good for like a couple months and then it kind of like teetered. And I think now when we look at their rating success and lack thereof, it's because they've spread themselves so thin, I think, that if you don't watch Dynamite, I can catch Collision. Where before Dynamite was like, oh, it's Wednesday. Got to watch Dynamite. You know, when when NXT was on at the same time as Dynamite, it was like, yo, I'm going to watch NXT and I'm going to watch Dynamite. You flick back and forth on the channel. And I think now there's not a must-see TV aspect of AEW anymore. This is, I think they've lost that. And I think the only thing you can really do is, I mean, if you bring a Mercedes in, that helps. Uh, you keep pushing Tony Storm and, and her and, and Mariah May and, and and those girls, that helps. If you take Swerve and you take Joe and you take you know the Hangman stuff and you push it, that works. But my question is, where do you go after that, right? Let's say Swerve walks out with the championship at Revolution. Let's say Tony Storm, whoever she goes against at a you know Revolution, let's say she she retains. Like, where do you go after that? And I think that is a real question. For AEW, that I know that they have their plans, and I know what some of those plans are. I don't think they have the right idea in mind for what's going to grow them, and I think it's shown in the last year or so that they don't have great ideas all the time. And I think they get mad, and yeah, they just get mad at the. I think there's a lot of people, and it's the audience too. They get audience, the, uh, like the very pro AEW fans and stands or. Double O's, as you call them, they get mad if you point out, like, yeah, man, like, you know, like the show was good, but it just lacked here or it just lacked there, you know? And I, you know, criticism is important. And I think you need to take that criticism and be like, okay, this is what people are thinking. This is what people are feeling. And this is what they like and this is what they don't like. And if you only respond to trolls and not acknowledge any real criticism or acknowledge anything that happens to be in your mentions, <clears throat> Tony, uh, from plenty of people. But if you don't acknowledge those things, you only acknowledge the people who are quote-unquote bad faith arguments. You're not going to get better as a program because you're not really listening. You're just like, see what happens? We're always under attack. See what happens? We're always under attack. And at some point, you, you can't always play the victim. You're a fucking... Bro, him him saying that was the worst fucking thing possible for that fucking company because so because now people are are completely buying into it and making it even more emperor's new clothes than it fucking already was That's so stupid i hate it i was i was actually very angry when i heard him say that i was like come on dude really like and you know what's funny the thing i don't like about that is 
AEW at their best were the aggressors, right? 2020, 2021, yeah. they were the aggressors. They went aggressively to get the Malachi Black, Aaron Andrade's, uh, your Tony Storms, who fucking walked out and quit, <laughs> you know, after getting fucking cake or pie in her face, whatever it is. You went and got uh, Swerve, you got Punk, you got Danielson, you got Cole, you got all these fucking amazing wrestlers, and you had all this momentum. And what did you do with it? They brought Cole in. When Cole came in, Cole didn't have like a, a fire program. He was like fighting Jungle Boy and like, which was cool, I guess. And he had like Bobby Fish and fucking Kyle O'Reilly in them. And like, and that was cool. But it's like, we didn't, you didn't capitalize on it. I think Punk and Danielson are the only two signings that they actually capitalized on, in my opinion. I don't think they capitalized on the other signing. Malachi Black could have been way more at that time when he first got there. He did this weird fucking angle with him and Cody. Where Cody left his fucking boots in the ring and was like, maybe I'm going to hang it up. Maybe I'm not. Rose to the top. Watch it and find out. Like, that shit. Shit like that is what would baffle me because I was like, what are y'all doing? Malachi Black should be a killer. A killer. He should be killing Cody. He should be moving on to face a CM Punk or Brian Danielson. Why is he not doing this? Uh, Adam Cole, why is he not doing this? Why is he doing nothing? And like it, it, it just that's when you realize they were in over their head. I said this two and a half years ago. I was like, man, they don't know what they're doing over there like that. It was easy when you have to book the same five feuds over and over again. You just rotate. So much easier then, right? Or when you had 75 people to 125 people in Daly's place, and that was your measure of what was good or not. And if the audience doesn't automatically go with what you think, like there are moments where they knocked it out the park. But if you think about that, that's what they were comfortable doing, right? Like when they had the the five on five match, right? With Hangman and Dark Order versus the Elite, where they came out with the Space Jam stuff and, and people loved that shit. And, you know, there's the, the Halloween thing where the Hangman was in the fucking silly ass Ghostbusters stuff. But you know what's interesting about that? Those are the moments people remember. People are like, oh, the elite are the backbone of this company. It's because that's who they know how to book because that's the same fucking people they've been booking for since the start of the of the thing. And they give them kind of free reign. But what have they done with Pac? What have they done with Pac? Where's Pac at? He was, he was the, I mean, like, he, where's he at? He keeps getting hurt. He's hurt right now. He's about to come back again. But like before he was hurt, he definitely was still not featured prominently enough and you know, it's like this Orange Cassidy thing is like, it's cool, man, but that shit's old now. You know, he's, he's he's good, but it's like, damn, like, can we get some other people? Like, can we get some other guys? Like, they they, they put Kyle Fletcher in, on the Ring of Honor TV title. But Ozzy Open is healthy, right? They're healthy. No, I, I'm pretty certain the other guy broke his, broke his wrist. Well, I saw something they posted that said Andrews, the was Mark Andrews, right? He was teaming up with him. Again, or he should be back in like a couple weeks or a couple months, something like that. Yeah. Like something they, they announced. And I saw that and I'm like, okay, well, why would you put a singles title on him if his partner's gonna be back in like three, two or three months? And so it's just like I don't think they're booking their people the right way. I still think I know Athena is about to go into this Nala Rose feud, and I am I have nothing against Nala Rose and what she does. I just think. Can we get something else? I, and and, I, I, and it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. But it's like, man, can we can we get Athena moved on? Please. 
Yeah, why is she starting? Why is she starting another feud in Ring of Honor? Like, why? please, <laughs> please get her out of here! Like, I, like somebody. The next, the next convers, the next time you have a conversation with people, I need you to ask what the fuck the deal is with Athena. I have, because this twice. is this is like six, this is like six, seven, eight months overdue. What are we doing? So here's the thing, and that's the problem. You can't tell somebody in that company, hey, man, love what you guys do. This idea ain't hitting. Well, you're not. You got to give us a chance to tell our story, guys. I'm listening to the story, and it's it's not it's not hitting. It's not hitting. But what happens is, once again, it's my whole point. The Dublos, as Eric likes to call them. Uh, I just like to call them A.W. Dig Eaters. But... They are the people who make it worse for all of us. <laughs> because if you say, oh man, this like this segment absolutely stunk. Like, what was it, it was like the other week where World's End was fucking terrible? It's fucking like very like very shitty or very poor for their for their standards, pay-per-view. I thought those last three matches made up for what was a slow night. And all, and the reason why the night was bad is because everybody was trying to put it's like salt in the wound because of Jericho. That's what really messed the people. Like, no, the shit sucked. Like, it's not that it's like, it's like, who, how do you make this shit up and believe it? How? This shit sucks. And if it sucks, it stinks. If I don't like it, I don't like it. It'll mean that I'm hating. Common said that, that bald, light-skinned motherfucker from Chicago in 2000, he said, if I don't like it, I don't like it. It doesn't mean that I'm hating. You're not bad faith because you didn't enjoy a segment that double O's enjoy. You're not bad faith because you say, hey, man, I want the product to be better. Here's, here's what I think would help. That's not bad faith. You want to talk about your jobber nations and your WWF junkie and how these bum-ass dudes are? They're trolls. How are you responding? And yes, I am going to say this officially, and they know who I'm talking about. This is my guy. I love that guy. I love for that guy. Why are you responding to Jobber fucking nation on Twitter, man? Why? Fucking crazy. Why? Why? Why, why are you? And you know what, Tony? Tony Khan. Why are you responding to Eric Bischoff and being like, oh, da, da, da. You're not responding to nobody else. And trust me, you got a lot of mentions, homeboy. Trust me, I've seen them. You're not responding to that. You sidestepping Chris Jericho. You sidestepping paying people. You sidestepping. You sidestep the Lefisto shit when she mentioned it. You sidestep this. You sidestepping all these things, but not Eric Bischoff. And then Dax Harwood. That's my boss. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. So there Shut we up. go. We could do that. That was a, that was a news story. That was this week, right? Uh. Yeah. The hinder gender fucking situation. Yeah, um stupid, stupidest shit ever, man. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I thought everybody. I feel like if you have a strong opinion on that, you took it too seriously. Uh, it's just a little fucking around. Like who? They're all look. They're all in the same game. I wish people understand this. It's like watching politics, right? They're all in the yeah. same game. People have to understand. Eric Bischoff has been on AEW television before. What I will say is, is you know, people were, you know, oh my god, I can't believe Tony Khan. Da 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 da. da. That's when the shit started. But everybody was tee hee hee when USA Network, out of nowhere for no reason, talked shit about the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Everybody I, was tee-hee-hee-hee-heeing when, you know I was. for no reason, <laughs> USA Network <laughs> talks shit about uh, cage match ratings. Totally unprovoked. But when Tony Khan fired back and was like, well, you're throwing bullshit on your TV show. Oh, that's when it was this huge fucking problem that that, that warranted discourse and it was this huge fucking deal. Um, I just thought it was a bad move on his part because I thought it was the pot calling the kettle. You know, like, because yeah. I was like, you can't talk about nonsensical booking, brother. Come on now. Like, that's not like the Abaddon thing. He's like, well, Abaddon came back and won. Abaddon yeah, is great. I, yeah, I'm an Abaddon fan, Abaddon but is... booking logic is booking logic. Like, come on. And so that's where I was like, come on, man. And that's how people going back and forth. I was tweeting this. I was like, do y'all not realize that all of this shit is fake? It's just, it's just bullshit. It's fluff. It doesn't matter. Like, who cares if Tony claps back? And it's like, the one thing I just don't like, I'm not looking at WWE Network or, or USA Network and like, oh, yeah, they burned Tony. I'm just like, oh, that was kind of funny. What's Tony going to come back with? Because I knew he was going to respond. He might not respond what's, to Jericho. What's shit. funny about the whole thing, and Tony should have slowed down a little bit, is... It was Seth Rollins that said to Jinder, you're a bitch, come get this belt if you want. Fuck you. Like, So in the show, in the logic of the universe, he wasn't named number one contender out of nowhere. He was on the show, and and the, the champion, champion offered him a shot. pulled his punk card and said, you can get a shot at the belt. So, it, <laughs> so Tony's whole point is fucking null and void in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that was what made me not annoyed, but like disappointed in how things were were handled. Because I'm looking at, you know, Tony, and I'm like, hey man, Tony's just talking shit, you know, just doing his thing. I'm not mad at Tony for that. I'm mad at Tony for ignoring other stuff while doing that. Because I think that's yeah, what the argument was. Hasn't been a that great couple the, of weeks, couple of weeks for your guy. That's uh yeah, and so that between, was that was the between argument. that press conference and the uh, this kind of felt like a that'll put butts in the seats the moment like now mm -hmm. motherfuckers are gonna watch and like group for genders specifically because of this, and so that's the problem I think I have no desire to watch a Jinder Mahal Seth Rollins match I was just like oh that when they announced it I was like ugh I ain't watching that shit and I watch Raw really like that anyway but I'm being this being this hotel and be like yeah I think I'm good I think I think I'm good on that one. But I think that's the problem is like you have this, uh, you know, you have this this moment where gender has had back to back main event esque, you know, run ins. You go against Seth, you had The Rock the week before. He's had these big things. So clearly they were planning for this. And so in WWE world, you have two big promos. You, you must get a title shot or you get a big match. That's how it usually goes. I mean, the part-timers come back and they ain't done shit and they do the same thing. So I guess whatever with gender, right? But I don't feel like if Tony was going to clap back, I felt like there was a better angle he could have took. Because now you put the, the spotlight on yourself. Now you put this light of like, oh, this didn't even make any sense. And then when people come at you, you're like, well, Abaddon actually won a fatal four-way. And then people in the comments, why did Abaddon even get a chance to have get a get in get in that match? I mean, you you ignore that, you ignore that because you can't make sense of it. And I think that is what my issue is. AW people in general, 
are terminally online, as most people are, but because that's the world we live in. But I think when you're in a position that these people are in, you have to know what to reply to, what's a joke, what's not serious, what's a terrible troll, what's a genuine critique. You have to start having discernment. If you don't have discernment, I preach discernment to my daughter every fucking day we talk because she's learning about people and different 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 types of people as she gets older. Discernment matters. Why are you replying to Jabber fucking Nation? And I can say this because I've said this publicly and privately to the people. Why are you fucking replying to Jabber Nation? And fucking why are you doing that? Like we have to stop doing this because those accounts exist because you allow them to. If you show that you are bothered by trolls, what does that do? That is like a Mario mushroom to a yep. fucking troll. It's You're going to make them like, oxygen on that fire. Yep. They love that. They like, whoa, oh shit, I got a reaction out of him. Stop. I, you know, I used to say the same thing two years ago. I got blocked by Ty Mello, right? I got blocked by Ty Mello. Because <laughs> so the reason why I got blocked by Ty Mello is because people were adding me about the Sammy situation. And I was like, well, it's pretty obvious what happened there. I mean, like, don't take a rocket science to figure out what was going on there. I said, I heard about it before. I, I didn't say this publicly, but I'm like, I heard about that before the public did. I knew that. And I was like, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out what happened. That's their business. Apparently, somebody replied to me and was like, Ty Mello's a hoe and a home wrecker, and blah, 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 blah. And I got blocked for that. I got blocked for that. Mind you, I said, I didn't say anything directly to her. I know the situation. I, part of it, just discernment. But she was replying to people during that time, like, you don't know me, blah, 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 this, and blah, blah, that. And I was like, man, you look at, make yourself look guilty because you're like, how dare you say this about me? And but it's like, the optics are always going to be one thing. The optics of the Sammy and Ty Mello thing did not look great because the timeline did not look great. What do you do when you have a situation like that? You do what politicians do when they get caught. They might, politicians get caught cheating and, and, and fucked up shit all the time. Half the time they don't do anything about it and they brush over it. Or you could do what AW did with Chris Jericho. Brush over it like nothing happened. Just powered through. Just powered through. And so that's where I say, I saw a tweet today from somebody that said, it must be a requirement to be super fucking sensitive to work at AEW. And I'm not going to lie. I saw that tweet. I didn't share it on my timeline, but I saw it and it bothered me because one, there might be truth to that. And two, I think for the last two, two and a half years, I've been saying, yo, like just tough, you know, toughen up, thick skin, thick skin, you know, thick skin, toughen up. This is the business. I've had people come at me and I'd be ready to slap motherfuckers. And I but I don't really slap you. Like nobody at AEW is probably gonna really slap me in real life. I would slap you in real life. Or worse. Well, a couple of people have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a couple people will, but they're not there anymore, right? Uh, people who the, the two people one of them is Sammy. One of them. <laughs> one of them yeah. But Sammy ain't Sammy's getting slapped. He's not the one doing the slapping. Shout out to Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston will slap you. That's the only that's probably the only person. But it's like with that, you have to know like. The internet thrives off of negativity. They thrive off of getting reactions off of you. And for the professional wrestlers, 
for your – I'm not calling names to be, like, rude. I'm just saying for the Dax Harwoods, who always reply to, like, every troll. And this is even for other people, wrestling podcasters who and, and, and journalists who are like, look what this person said. This person called me the F word and, the, and, the, and, and called me a bitch. And, and, and it's like, why are you showing us your DMs? Block them. They're idiots. Block them. Like, what do you want? What do you want to do? Everybody go at them and tell them that they're stupid and that they're homophobic or they're racist or they're, or they're sexist. They know that already. People who are that know what they are already and do not care. You shaming them is not going to make somebody say, I'm sorry I said a slur to you in your DMs. I'm sorry. I'll be a better person. They're terrible people already. Stop highlighting terrible people. And with that, don't put Chris Jericho on television after this week. Please, don't. Don't. I say all that to say, I, I, I was getting to my point. Stop highlighting terrible fucking people. Stop acting like terrible people are good people or they're redeemable. People, some people ain't redeemable. Jobber Nation, not redeemable. Eric Bischoff is a troll, but Eric Bischoff knows what he's doing. Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff probably have each other's phone numbers. Oh, I know they do. They absolutely do. So please, people, like when you feed into it, just take it as entertainment because none of this is real. The only thing that's real is us. That was a slight, slight, slight punk. <laughs> slight, slight punk, slight punk uh, callback, but no. Not the only person Tony Khan has the phone number of that you'd be pretty surprised about. I I, I, I kind of alluded to that on Twitter uh, what the, was last week. I don't know if everybody quite caught what I was getting at, but mm. um, because mm. mm. people were guessing they were like, oh, it's uh, you're talking about FTR, right? And I'm like, well, that's a fucking given, like, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. speaking of people who are very redeemable, got a lot of great future ahead of them. Um, this just popped up. Probably most of you, this will probably be old news by the time you hear it. But if any of you don't know, uh, both Carmelo Hayes and Austin Theory uh, are okay. Um, they had a pretty scary spot during their match on SmackDown. Yeah, so um, pumped to see Carmelo Hayes. Kind of looks like he's basically called up. Um. The segment was a little bit rough. Uh, I don't. I hope more and more as time goes on. I hope more and more as time goes on, oh they start moving away from. First of all, why the fuck was that segment not taped? And second, why it was? I'll just say it like this: It felt kind of obvious that Hayes that Carmelo was trying to remember lines. Um, now, whether that was because he's actually struggling to remember lines or he's just trying really fucking hard because he wants to be perfect because he's on his debut. Cool. Why would you not tape that segment? It was a backstage segment. There was an interaction in the in the in the uh, GM's office. You could have done takes. You could have waited till everybody was relaxed. You could have waited till it fucking nailed it. There's absolutely no reason to do that fucking segment live. Um, but it was fine. It was it was good enough. Um Match was going well until uh, they attempted a Spanish fly. They didn't quite make it all the way. Both guys landed on their heads and shoulders. It was pretty frightening. Um, but report just came out, and this is we're recording this late Friday night. That they're both all right. So that is good. As long as they're both good, that's yep. Yeah, I really feel like some of the 
over scripting. And I know they think that they're trying to do these guys a favor by like taking care of them. Like, Oh, just recite these words, you know, don't put, I would rather have someone stumble a little bit, but have authenticity than appear to be uh, trying to remember lines. I feel like you do them a disservice in that situation. Um, the, it was passable for WWE TV. I just, I would have rather had them, had them tape it, take care of Carmelo a little bit better. Um, but they were both cooking until the injury happened. Uh, you were starting to say you were you were saying something to me off air about you know it's just the way they script things. Don't know if it helps the younger guys coming up. Yeah, I, I don't think that scripting these things, you know, for a wrestler, a big part of your success is how much you believe in yourself and your character. And if you're reading someone else's words for you, who might not quite understand what you're trying to present. I think that's a problem. I also think that's a bit a bit of an issue with a lot of the WWE wrestlers. I think look at the guys who are successful. Uh, Cody doesn't have anybody script that garbage that he comes out and spews. He believes he <laughs> believes that in his mind. I think you know to an extent. It's the same. It's the same thing with a guy like look at LA Knight. You know, LA Knight got over because he just talks, and you can't script that. You can't script that. Like the way he talks, that's him. That's Hagerstown, Maryland, one hundred percent. That's just yep. the, you, you know. And so, uh, you know, even a Jay Uso, you might script a few things here and there for Jay Uso, but that Yeet shit ain't nobody scripted. I, that's that's just that's just them, you know. Um, I've had I've had uh, the pleasure of, of course, you know, for friend of the show Seahawk Cam. He's he he did a the whole interview with I think uh, Jay Uso. And was talking to him and you know i heard the audio and that's who jay uso is. like literally his promos sound like him and um sammy zane pro another prime example sammy zane is a silly ass dude in real life if you've ever been around him through his his career um which when he was el generico i got to be around him a couple times and he's just a really silly fun dude so i think when you have these guys who are the most over people in uh you know wwe and of course obviously we know punk and your drew mcintyre's and yourself those are guys who have a lot more leeway and are less scripted so when you have situations like that you should look at you should look at guys like that and say well carmelo was doing very good in in nxt and he you know i don't think carmelo's a great talker i think that's trick williams i think trick is more of a uh, the better talker between the two of them personally. But I think Melo still has the ability to go out there and do it. And I think Melo, he has to draw from his own, you know. This is the wrestling business, sink or swim. Promos are going to either lift you or they're going to kill you. It's on you to decide which one it's going to be. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, man, I think I think it's cool. You know, I think it's some cool stuff that uh that they're doing with these young guys trying to get them TV time, but give them a little freedom, you know, and you can tell when people are scripted. Like when Roman was cutting promos and he was scripted, uh -oh. you could tell. Suffering succotash. You could tell, like 2015 to like 2019 Roman, it was so bad. Remember Cena cooking Roman? on the mic oh it was embarrassing <laughs> it was speaking embarrassing of, speaking of so bad a little bit of crossover um to our two podcasts 
uh, New Orleans Pelicans are getting the dog shit whipped out of them right now. Um, oh, no. It just continues. Oh, no. So a as, little as, bit. As we said, I just want to quickly, as we said on the on the sports pod that uh, you can go listen to after you listen to this. The NBA has become a league of blowouts, unless of course you're the Golden State Warriors, which means if you do blow out a team, you're going to blow that lead within three or four minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the NBA right now. And on the, uh, I mean, yeah. on the subject of amplifying shitty accounts. There was a bunch of accounts today that aggregated uh, something that was apparently spoken on on a – I might be getting it wrong, but I believe it originated on a Wrestling Observer newsletter, which they don't need help aggregating stupid shit because they say <laughs> enough stupid shit themselves. Uh, but Little Dave. Little Dave. Uh, they said that right now Roman Reigns is not advertised for – elimination chamber and is there are no plans for him to be there um i feel like one of those is conjecture and one of those is mm, arguable because roman reigns himself was promoting elimination chamber um but then a bunch of sites ran with that dirt sheets ran with that and said uh roman reigns will not be wrestling at elimination chamber according to wrestling observer newsletter that's not what they said. They said he is not currently advertised for that show. The next pay-per-view is the Royal Rumble, guys. Like, mm-hmm. why would he be why would they be working on a storyline for that right now when it's next month's show? Um it doesn't mean shit as far as where the rock Roman is going to happen there. Um, I don't think that's a, that's a, that's a knockoff at all. And a bunch of you websites are fucking idiots for re for, for molding that to, to, to fit your fucking designs. Um, come on. You fucking well, I'll just say this. You make yourself look stupid as fuck. Yeah. I'll just say this. I inquired with the very few people that have some access to WWE that I communicate with. And they said just because he's not advertised does not mean he will not be appearing. It just means whatever he might be doing if he does appear has not been decided. Which I still call bullshit on. I think they know what he's probably going to be doing if he's there. But I am slowly starting to buy into the theme, and this is a small smattering that I, a little smattering of noise that I heard. That if Cody does finish his story, it might not be in the main event of WrestleMania 40, night one or two. I don't know how true this is, but I mean, we said it, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Or I don't know if we said it. I think I was talking to somebody on Twitter about it. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be at WrestleMania. The story, yeah, we did say this because I remember us making this point. The finishing the story is about the belt. It's not about WrestleMania. There wasn't no WrestleMania when his dad failed to capture it in Madison Square Garden. Yep. Finishing the story is about the belt. It's not necessarily about WrestleMania. 
do you know what show the WWE has full rights to? Great American Bash. If they wanted to make that a pay-per-view, it's Cody's dad's creation, home field advantage. Have him take it there. Um, you and That's put, completely in, put in play bash, to me. Put the bash in Madison Square Garden. You could do that too. Um, that, that, that to me is completely in play. Uh, so I think a lot of people... And, you know, that could be another – it's another dramatic effect thing. Like, holy shit, Cody Rhodes just got eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Like, what the fuck is happening? You know what I mean? And then that way we can get Roman past Hulk Hogan on the all-time list for world champion, um, which we think we all fucking want. And then I, – I don't, but that's because I'm tired of Roman's the, – the, the title reign is just boring to me now. But anytime Hulk Hogan gets wiped off the history books, I'm okay with that. So I'm I'm not mad at that. And then you could still finish the story at another place in another stadium. Um, they they do not lack for stadium shows any longer. Um, They're like in literally a stadium every paper every I'm sorry every P was it P L E P L E. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a point to be made. Finishing the story doesn't necessarily need to be a WrestleMania thing. So here, so here's my take on it. And Cody fans are hell-bent on it. I think I've never been a fan of back-to-back main events in professional wrestling on the biggest stage. I hated it when they did Rock versus Cena 2 because I felt like the like the novelty of the first one, the, the excitement was there for Roman and Cody, right? I think in, in WrestleMania 39, it felt like this was the time. And now it's like a foregone conclusion. I don't have – there's not excitement – there, I think people are like, "Oh yeah, Roman and Cody, they gotta finish the story," and it's like, and that's gonna be the- that's gonna be the curveball. It's gonna be like, "Holy shit!" Like, because you know he's gonna come out, and everybody's gonna expect, "Oh yeah, Cody Rhodes is gonna win the Royal Rumble," and then he'll get eliminated, and it'll be like, "Holy shit!" And then what CM just Punk happens? Wins. Yeah, see him Punk wins the Royal Rumble, and he gets his night one main event because they know they're not gonna give him night two. He's not gonna night two has seen like the biggest. This like the biggest. So they're not gonna give. They give Punk night one and give him night two. But I say all that to say, does Roman Reigns have to lose the title at WrestleMania? No, no, he doesn't. So another thought: if you wanted to do a Roman versus Rock with no title present. You could very well take the belt off of Roman at the Rumble, which would also still keep the idea that he never gets pinned because it is a fatal four-way. And you can finish the story with the guy who put Cody kind of on the map, Randy Orton, as a champion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a way there. And you could have... Punk versus Seth, night one. You could do even uh, like a double main event for one for night two where Cody versus Randy, Roman versus Rock, four of the biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Remember they used to do that shit for WrestleMania when they had oh, yeah. like- Oh, yeah, the double main event. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like you can really, the, what you're doing, and I want people to understand, what you're doing is you're maximizing everything because for Roman to lose his title, that to me- 
makes the rock match even more interesting because now you don't know like are they really gonna put roman i mean roman's probably gonna go over regardless but yeah. it puts a little more of a like oh yeah, shit because obviously he's not gonna drop the belt to the rock so yeah if it was just a normal match for you know the head of the table of the dynasty then yeah yeah i could see that happening and then what that does is let's be clear the first person who was there for the beginning of Roman's start as a main eventer was literally The Rock. At yeah, I, the Royal I was there at the Royal Rumble 20, in Philadelphia. Yep, I was there. That and was a booed, weird night. Yeah, They booed the shit out of Roman. That was but a weird night. Everything comes full circle. I feel like the, the theme for WrestleMania 40 should be everything coming full circle. Seth Rollins, CM Punk, as a full circle moment, Two guys who have yet to get their own WrestleMania main event, who probably have deserved one several times over, now getting their main event against each other. After Seth Rollins had called out CM Punk for years when he was retired, Cody Rhodes versus Randy Orton for the title. The guy who brought Cody in and helped elevate him from the dude that had no fucking knee pads to a fairly decent, uh, you know, decent hand and and well and and became you really became well-known once he became a part of Legacy. And we're talking about finishing the story. You started with a group called Legacy. You're building your legacy and your story. You beat the guy who is who, who came back to help you out at Survivor Series. Team with you. you. You take the title off of him because you just got your WrestleMania main event last year. You don't need it again. You don't have to have it. And then you have the biggest match that the WWE could possibly do with The Rock, because look, I heard people say, what about WrestleMania 41? Nah, like, Rock is like 50-something. Like, yeah. no. And you're Rock, push, by, You're pushing it right now as it is. Yeah. And by my man was, was out of breath cutting a he promo was done. the other night. He, yeah. he was done. But what you're getting is The Rock in Philadelphia. It's Rocky in Philly. It's almost like serendipity. You got, like, you gotta do it. And of course, what is that? Philly, right? Where was the Royal Rumble 2015? It just so happened to be in Philly. Everything yeah. about WrestleMania 40 should be coming full circle. That's what they should. They should just be a tagline. I mean, they could like, reference. They could reference the hell out of that in the promos too. Like remember so the last. Much. Remember the last time we were in the ring together in that city. Remember how I tried to help you and I got fucking booed because they could see through you and blah 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 blah. There's yeah, so oh, yeah. much. There, it's like. If you want to, WrestleMania is sold out already. But if you want to give some like like a story with a lot of like, just just a lot to it, that's it. You take those three matches and you can you can put nobody else on the fucking card, and most people are gonna say Seth Punk for the title, Cody Randy for the title. I mean, we hadn't seen Cody and Randy go at it in fucking a decade plus. Uh, damn near you you have you've never seen Roman and Rock in the ring together Punk and Seth have only had very moderate you know things and of course again full circle the guy who is responsible for Seth Rollins being on the main roster is who CM Punk so the shield debuted because of who CM Punk and you can bring that up in the in the promos so the the WWE right now they're cooking with some they're cooking with fish grease because they have so much in front of them. If they do this right, which I don't necessarily know that they will, or we can just go down the road of like Rock working both Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania, uh, fighting Roman in Australia, 
losing to Roman and then beating Solo at WrestleMania to, to kind of like, I may not be the head of the table, but I'm still the elder of the fa- Some stupid yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. You could do that too. So that way Rock gets a win and he doesn't just have one match and loses. Um, I think it's a pretty foregone conclusion that Rock's probably going to be in Australia too. I just think that's pretty much, that's like a part of the deal, I think, for them anyway. And Nick Khan is really always about Rock's side wherever he goes. So I think that is going to, I think there's there's something there. But I think for WrestleMania purposes, it would be so much better because like, with, you know what that does? If Cody doesn't beat Roman, but he wins the title, that adds another element to, I finished my story, but I haven't done the one thing that I wanted to do. The one thing that I hadn't done was beat Roman. Nobody then he beat could, Roman. Then he could defend it against him. And then that'll be very and much in question. Yep. And that's, there's so like, and, and, and like, I think people would just want the instant gratification of like, he finished the story, he beat Roman. It's like, I like the idea of Roman being the final boss that like, Damn it. I couldn't win the Rumble. I had to go to the, the chamber and win a number one contenders match. But I'm going against the guy who who start who helped start me up and becoming like, you know, on the path to becoming a main eventer, really, because legacy is the first time I think we saw Cody yeah. in main events. So it's like you're going against this guy. You're finishing that part of the story. And then in Madison Square Garden, you could also have Cody defend the title against Roman Reigns and beat. Roman Reigns, the only person to pin Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns has only been pinned by Jay Uso in a tag team match in like four years. Four fucking years. But let's say Randy Orton in this match in the Fatal Four Way Royal Rumble, uh, let's say Roman hits a spear on um on AJ Styles. I think AJ is gonna take the pin in this match. And he hits the spear on AJ Styles, and he's getting ready to do another one. And then Randy runs up and does an RKO out of nowhere as he's in midair and Roman rolls out the ring and then ran and, and AJ gets up and another RKO and he pins him. Roman is not in the ring. Roman technically loses, but he doesn't lose. He's not been pinned. Roman can lose and not be pinned and he can still hold on to this. He said, I lost my title. He could go berserk. He could lose it. He could, he could and I, I think you need that because Roman's character has been this cool, like, yeah, I'm I'm tribal chief. We you want to see some development from his character to where it's like, I just lost my title. What am I gonna do? It, am I still the head of the table? Am I still the tribal chief? And that's where you put Rock in, who is like, see, you couldn't even do it. You couldn't blah blah blah. The Rock gonna have to da da da. I think there's so much they could do with that. And it's just like, going with Roman and Cody's cool, but Roman and Rock is like that's box office. When Rock came out on Raw last uh, last week, I got 35 texts from people who like, oh, shit, you're the Rock back? I'll tell you what they've never texted me about before. They damn sure texted about no Miz. They damn sure texted <laughs> about no, gen- no Jinder Mahal before this. They never damn sure texted about no Orange Cassidy or no fucking Dark Order or no fucking Colt Cabana. Uh, they don't text about that. The Rock can draw in so many different people, and I and I saw so many dudes that like, I saw battle rap dudes. I've seen like, like dudes that don't care about wrestling. Not like those people who are like, y- y'all still watch wrestling? Those dudes was like, oh shit, yo, the Rock back? Yo, I don't even watch wrestling like that. But I'm like, if Rock back, I'll watch it. That's what the Rock brings, and for WrestleMania, that is what you need. 
You want Raw to get those 1.8s, 1.9s, maybe hit 2 point, 2 point something, two like that. You bring Rock back. You put him in there with Roman. You get him on SmackDown a couple times. You get the Punk and Seth thing rolling. You could even intersect Rock, Roman, Punk, Seth, all of that shit through different little segments of stories. Like, I used to love when they used to do that shit. Like yeah. that uh, one that one segment for SummerSlam 2002, I think, where Triple H is out there and Shawn Michaels comes out and Rock and Brock are also out there. And they, like, got everybody intersecting. I like shit like that. It's kind of cool to just have everybody intersect. And so I think people are mad that The Rock might overshadow Cody or he might overshadow Punk. But I think what we're failing to realize is it's almost no different than CM Punk going to AEW and people feeling like he's outshining the AEW originals. If you're that good, and if you are that great, you will not be outshined. CM Punk in 2013 outshined The Rock in promos. Fairly easy. Like, it was actually fairly easy. So, so, so easy that people thought CM Punk should also be a part of the WrestleMania main event for 29. He should have. So, he should have, yes. So, I say all that to say, there's an absolute chance for Cody to show he belongs. Punk to just be punk. And here's the thing. Cody had a WrestleMania main event last year. So if he doesn't have one this year, it's not the end of the world. Finishing the story is not headlining back-to-back shows. Finishing your story is becoming champion. It's getting that belt. Yep. And once you get that belt, guess what? Once you win the title... Cody, if you win it at WrestleMania, whether it's against an ordinance or Roman, Rock ain't going to be there the next night. Well, he might be there the next night, but he ain't going to be there, what, the two weeks from now, the two weeks after that, the month after that. He might not show up again until WrestleMania 41 or SummerSlam. He's probably not going to wrestle. So sometimes you just make those sacrifices of, like, I'll still win the belt, but I'll just beat Randy for it, who I have probably could have, a, 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 I think, a better match in the sense of, like a better build because there's more history built in. Where Roman, I always thought the Roman Cody thing was forced. I just thought it was forced because they I don't think no it history. would be as forced this year, but yeah. Yeah, like they like they it's it's just like the first year was like, oh, Cody and Roman. It's, just, it's like it's so forced because like Cody was like injured for a while and he came back and like won the rumble and it was like, okay, he got his opportunity. He didn't finish the story then. So I felt like, okay, and the reason why he didn't finish the story because Roman didn't want to put him over. So I guess that's why people think he has to finish it against Roman is because Roman didn't want to put him over at WrestleMania 39, which I think we all know this by now. Is that what that's what happened? Is that Cody was scheduled to win, and then Roman pulled a Hogan, which is so funny he's so close to breaking his record because he pulled a Hogan. That's not going to work for me, brother. No, 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 brother. And that's what he did. And I think here... I think Roman could do the same. I think Roman could really do the same thing to Cody and be like, yeah, you know what? I'd rather go against my cousin instead of going against Cody again. He could pull that. If he pulls that, then hey, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I just we think will in- WWE yeah. has a, they, they, have, they have amazing, they have an opportunity to do something amazing. Will they do it? Who knows? They have a lot of amazing options. We here on DAR Sports Media try to provide you with a lot of amazing options. Go on back. If you're listening to this Saturday during the day, 
go ahead and get in our NFL NBA pod from yesterday where we preview all of the playoff NFL playoff games going on this weekend to include uh, Saturday night's games, of course. Um, had a, a great special guest, great Dolphins podcaster uh, on the show. Check him out. Check us out. And then uh, check out our last wrestling pod, second to last wrestling pod, where we went uh, – we had an interview with NCW Wrestling's Phil Stamper. That was excellent. Guy's an amazing talker. Uh, is He's an authority figure for various promotions throughout the Northeast. Amazing talker. We had an amazing conversation. Uh, MCU is included. Uh, Star Trek is included. A lot of cool stuff. Please go back and check that out. Um, and like I said, the Sports Wrestling Podcast. We've got other guests and we've got other things in work for you guys coming up soon. Maybe some pretty big stuff. Uh, we were talking off air. I don't know. Um, trying, trying. So man. stay tuned for that. We appreciate you guys. Remember, the world of DAR never stops. Yeah.